Open with me, if you would, to First uh, Timothy, the sixth chapter. You know, the Holy Ghost ministers to us in many different ways, like we were saying. And so I want you, while you're here, I want you to really believe God to talk to you. And, and you know, you can hear all kinds of things that I don't actually say. The Spirit of God just talked to you. And if I get on some things that are particularly pertinent to you, that doesn't mean I know your situation. You understand? It just means the Holy Ghost is leading that way. I, I told what, a week or two ago about uh, after the service, I had, to, you know, taken a side journey or two and talked very specifically about some things during the course of the, the session. And a young man from the back got up, made a beeline up to me. He looked at me quite sternly. And he said, Preacher, if you got something to say to me, we should just come out and say it to my face. <laughs> I, said, uh, I said, what do you mean? He said, you know what I mean. I said, what? what? Well, just humor me and tell me. He began to explain to me, and I guess he could see the look on my face that I didn't know what he's talking about. He said, he said you mean you didn't know all that? I said, well, no, I didn't. Till now. I said, I just felt impressed to go that direction, and I didn't know that applied to you. I didn't know that this specific... He said, he said oh, I think you realized if he'd have just kept his mouth shut that I wouldn't have known what I knew then. <laughs> but, uh, how many, you know, if we really believe that, that the Spirit of God is helping us and helping our ministry gifts and ministering to us individually, then we should believe that God's going to talk to us. Yeah. And it shouldn't be an uncommon thing if God puts His finger on a particular thing a specific area of, of need in our life. But that doesn't necessarily mean that any, anybody else really knows anything about it. <laughs> and if you just keep smiling, looking straight ahead and going, yeah, praise God, amen. That's right. Then, then you may need to walk out of here and hit the deck and go, oh God, oh God, I, I need to repent. But while you're here, you can just smile and look forward and, uh, and, and, and nobody know. Because see, God's not interested in purposely embarrassing people and, 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 you know, making people look bad. Aren't you glad he didn't pull out all your dirty laundry in front of everybody, you know? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm thankful that he's that way. He's, he's faithful. He's faithful. Read with me, if you would, in First Timothy, the sixth chapter. Read along with me as I read this out loud. You can just read it silently. But verse 12 1 Timothy 6, 12. First word says, fight. Everybody say, fight. 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 The good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called, and have professed. Or that word also can be translated, confessed a good profession or confession before many witnesses. I want you to underline uh, these words or either write them down if you don't like underlining your Bible. Uh, first of all, this word fight. Fight. The good fight of faith. Notice the next, time, next phrase, these two words, lay hold. Fight and then secondly, lay hold. On eternal life, whereunto you are also called, and have professed. That's the third one. Profess, or like we said, that also could be translated confess. Say it out loud with me. Fight. Fight. Lay hold. hold. Confess. Confess. Can you see some thoughts there? Now, I want to talk to you not just about the mechanics of this. We'll get into some detail perhaps later as the Lord would lead us. But about the spirit of this passage. And the spirit of being a fighter. Fighter. Do you consider yourself to be a fighter? Hmm? Well, uh, I've got news for you. If you're going to make it, you're going to have to be a fighter. You've got to. Fight, he said. I think some, like Brother Hagin said, I think some people thought that the rest of it said, fight your brother, and they went out and immediately started some trouble. But that's not what it said. Fight the good fight of faith. This is a faith fight. 
It's not a physical fight. It's not a fist fight. It's not a physical fight. It's not a fist fight. It's a faith fight. Everybody say faith fight. Faith fight. Do you know how to fight with your faith? Well, if you don't, we're going to teach you. I said we're going to teach you. And if the doctors have told you that you've got to die, then I'm telling you, you're going to have to fight to live. If you've got symptoms in your body, if you've got a disease, if you've got heart problem, cancer, tumors, whatever, makes no difference what it is. If it's threatening your life, you're going to have to fight against it. But it's not a natural fight. You can fight the wrong way and fail. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. And you've got to lay hold of what God's given you. Part of eternal life is a manifestation of healing in this life. Amen. See, eternal life doesn't just mean life that goes on and on without end. It includes that thought, but it is a quality of life. Eternal life is the God kind of life. Life as God has it. Life as God is. You know, the Bible teaches that the ungodly are also going to exist forever and ever. But they're not going to be enjoying the God quality of life. And one does not begin to enjoy that quality of life until they're born again. But then, have you enjoyed any of that God quality of life since you've been born again? Yes. Certainly. The joy, the peace, the love, the strength, and the Bible talks about the Lord quickening our mortal bodies. That's a foretaste of the resurrection power later to come. Amen. It's a manifestation of eternal God kind of life. But did you notice that you've got to lay hold of this? Didn't say it just falls on you automatically. You've got to what? Lay hold. Now, we might not use that exact language today. We might say, you've got to grab it. You've got to fasten on to it. You've got to get it. You've got to take it. Or to use charismatic phraseology, you've got to appropriate it. Right? Amen. Appropriate it. How many know Mark 11, 24? What things serve you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You know that word receive literally means take. If you look it up, you'll find that. Believe that you what? Receive it or believe that you take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Amen. Take it. Fight the good fight of faith. Take it. Lay hold of it. Get it. Grab it. Sink your teeth into it. Wrap your hands around it. Pull it to you. Lock your jaw. Mm. Entwine your fingers. Mm. Cross your legs. Tie yourself to it with a rope. Handcuff yourself to it. Right? Get it. Now see, some of you may have that mentality, but a lot of people don't have that mentality. Many, many people do not. They have this attitude, you know, their theology comes largely from uh, the old, uh, what is it, Doris Day show. I mean, that's not a good place for... Your primary theology to come from. K Sarah Sarah. Is that right? Am I am I remembering right? Whatever will be, will be. In other words, it's not up to us. So if you if you don't believe that something is yours, if you believe it's not up to you, are you going to fight for it? No. You don't believe it's up to you at all. Go with me on over to 1 Peter 5. How many awake today? You, are, are you hooked up with me? Amen. I'm telling you, friends, this is important. This is very, very important. Very important. 
First Peter 5, verse 8. Why have we got to fight? Because you have an adversary. Is that right? How many of you don't have to fight if you don't have anybody to fight? Right? Nothing to fight. But you've got to fight. He said fight. Fight the good fight of faith. That's how you do it. It's not a natural fight. But he said, verse 8, be sober. Be vigilant. Now see, there's a whole message right there. Wake up. Watch. Stay clear. Stay alert. Stay sharp. You snooze, you lose. Right? You drift around in la-la land, wonder about it and play with it, and the devil will eat your lunch. Right? Now, if you don't like some of my phraseology and illustration, just hang on. I'll get to some maybe that you like eventually. <laughs> Everybody has their, you know, preferences. But uh, be sober, be vigilant, wake up, be on the watch, be sharp, be on your guard. Why? Because your adversary, the devil. Did you know you had an adversary? Yes. I, I've had people talk to me and say, well, now, Brother Keith, I'm just, I, I, I'm not a fighter. I'm just a peaceful person. And, and I don't, you know, I just don't like the, the concept of fighting. I just don't. And so I'm sorry, but I just trust in the Lord, and I'm just leaving things up to Him. So that person is defeated right now before they ever take another step. They're, they're history. They're defeated. You know? You know, I know people have their own mentalities and attitudes about things. And, and there's a lot of people who think that we as Americans, if we were really Christians and trust God, we shouldn't have a gun, we shouldn't have a tank, we shouldn't have an airplane. But did you know if we didn't, by dark there'd be another flag flying over the uh, capital? Why? Because we have adversaries. Is that right? And the only thing that, that a lot of our adversaries understand is a gun. Now that's sad. But that, how many know we're not living in the millennium yet? Is that right? Now I know you may have your different philosophy. I wouldn't argue with you about it. But I'm just using this as a point. We have adversaries. And if they think that we're weak, if they think we won't fight, if they think this or that, then they will come possess us. And we, we could lose our right to worship. We could lose our right to pray. We could lose our right to carry our Bibles and have me. You understand? Many a man, many a woman have shed their blood so we can stand here today. Amen. Amen. They fought. I said they fought. Mortal combat. They fought conflict of soul and body. They fought and many died. If it was left up to those who consider themselves to be true pacifists, then this wouldn't exist. Say what you will. Now the Bible teaches us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And when we're talking about these spiritual things and receiving things from God, it is not a physical conflict at all. But we do have an adversary. We do have an enemy, and we're told to watch out and be on our guard because the adversary, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Do you see that he's always looking for an opportunity to get to you? I wish I could tell you that you could arise to some spiritual plateau where the devil couldn't touch you and could never bother you again. But the person that told you that lied to you. Uh-oh. I said the person that told you that lied to you. The enemy will always be looking to get in. And he will come to attack you. He will come to tempt you. 
He'll try to throw obstacles in your way. Living by faith doesn't ensure that you'll never have any conflicts or problems. person that told you that it did doesn't know what they're talking about. I tell you what, living by faith will ensure, though. It'll ensure that you'll win. Every time. Over every conflict. Over every attack. You can win, 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 and win. If you fight the good fight of faith. But if you believe that there is no conflict and believe that it's not up to you and it's just all up to God and ignore these plain exhortations and commands to fight, to resist, then you will be defeated. Notice what he said. Verse 9. We've got an adversary, he told us. He's looking to see whom he may devour. Verse 9. Whom resist. What's the understood subject there? You are to do something, right? Leave it up to God. No, no. You're to do something. Resist Him. How? Steadfast. Now that lets us know something, that you may have to resist more than a minute or two. Or even more than an hour or two. Or even more than a day or two. Or even more than a week or two. Somebody said, stop there. No, even more than a month or two. And some situations and some things, you've got to resist longer than that. How long do you resist? Well, let me ask you this. If somebody attacks your house, they besiege your house, and you got, you, you're, you're going to fight to defend your house, how long do you fight? Huh? When you get tired of fighting and you quit is when you are defeated. Is that right? As long as you will stay at it then you're still in the game. And according to the Word of God, if you won't quit, but if you'll believe, He will always cause you to triumph. That's right. So if you won't quit, you know you're going to win if you just stay with it. Yeah. But resist steadfast, that lets us know that there are situations where we're going to have to stay and we're going to have to keep resisting and stay with it. Not just a little bit and then that's it. Oh, all of us like these, uh, uh, you know, 10-second fights. <laughs> Bell rings. We run out and punch the devil with a verse. Bam! He hits the deck. Holy Ghost lifts up our hand and we go, yay! We won that one, buddy. Everybody likes that. And of course, when you're first born again, the Bible said God's faithful. He won't allow you, won't suffer you or allow you to be tested above what you're able. So most all that you're uh, allowed in the first stages are these little, you know, short fights, little small rounds. Yeah, but as you grow and develop and you're punching these little opponents out, the next thing you know, you look up and there's a big opponent. And you punched him real hard with the same verse that you've been punching with. And it rocked him a little bit, but he came back. And you're thinking, Lord, usually this is, this is the end of it. But in a few minutes, you realize that your nose is where your feet were just a few seconds ago. And you can sit over in the corner of the ring and ask why. Or you can get up and answer the bell again. And nobody likes those four and five rounders. And, and even fewer like those ten rounders. Nobody likes those fifteen rounders. Nobody, nobody. But I'm telling you, you just got to get ready and be ready. Amen. And the thing is, if you just keep answering the bell, just keep getting up. Keep fighting the good faith fight. He will always cause you to win. Now, there's a lot of talk, and there's been a lot of talk, about spiritual warfare and about the devil, our enemy, and fighting. And, and to be frank with you, I believe a lot of people have gotten off in these areas. They're emphasizing the wrong thing, and they've given these things a very physical connotation to the point where people are, you know, they, they, they exert more physical effort than they do uh, spiritual. And the Bible specifically warned us that this is not a physical thing. We, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. I don't care how loud you shout. I don't care how much you perspire. Did you hear me? That in and of itself is not spiritual conflict and warfare. 
Are you with me? That's physical. It's physical. Now I want to read to you a portions of a report that I got some time back. And this is not written by ministers. This is not written by uh, people in seminaries or, or schools of theology. This is written by medical professionals. Nothing is said in this whole report about God or the Lord Jesus or, or really faith. And yet it's full of faith. Now, I'll read, just read portions of it to you here and there, something that I just, I just wanted to mention. And one reason I want to read this to you is, is because it's, it's interesting how that you can tell something to someone out of the Bible, and if they've heard it before, especially they'll kind of nod and say amen once you tell them something else. But if you tell them the same thing, in other words, that some professional said, a lot of times they'll perk up and go, they said what? And it's the same thing the Bible's been saying. But then they'll notice it and pay attention to it. These people wrote an article on what they called a fighting spirit. Interesting phraseology, isn't it? They said, can a fighting spirit defeat disease? Now, before I read any further, go with me to Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Everybody say, fighting spirit. Fighting spirit. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. Proverbs 18, 14, the King James says this, says the spirit of a man. Of course, that would mean woman too, man referring to male and female. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit who can bear? I particularly like the Amplified translation of this verse. It, it reads like this. It says, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? What's going to get you through attack, through even bodily pain, through trouble? What's going to get you through that? Strong spirit. Somebody said, well, God will get me through it. Well, that's true, but see, he's got to have something to work with. If it was just up to God getting us through it, then everybody would get through it. But we know everybody doesn't come through it. So what's the determining factor? Well, we said earlier that faith is the determining factor, but see, it's, it's, this is just another way of talking about faith. Because what kind of fighting are we doing? Good fight of faith. Did you notice the Amplified said the strong spirit? Strong spirit. You know, you're a lot more inclined to fight and fight hard when you're strong than when you're weak. A lot of times when you're real weak, you just give up before it ever starts. When you feel good, when you're full of vim, vigor, and vitality, you're ready. I mean, you may even taunt and say, bring it on. I'm ready for you. But when you're weak, you just try to hide if you get knocked down, you just lay on the deck. Hope they'll count you out real quick. Get this thing over with. But the, the, the problem with this is we're talking about life and death issues here. It's not a matter of just waiting for the count and then getting up and going on with life. I mean, if, if you've been attacked with a serious physical problem, if you don't fight, this thing can take you out. And you don't need to be afraid to die. To depart and be with Christ is far better than being here. I'm not afraid to die. You understand? I'm not afraid to die in the least. I, I'm not. If I died today, I, I, as far as I know, I'm ready to go. Amen. I believe strongly. I believe strongly. My name's in the book. Amen. Angel of the Lord would just escort me. I get to see my uh, mansion and my place that the Lord's been working on for me. See all my relatives. Yes. Amen. 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 And uh, I assure you that people that are in heaven don't want to come back. Yeah. They don't. No, no, they don't. They don't want to come back. But the thing is, we, we need to remember that we're not just here 
to just get out of here as quickly as we can and go on to heaven. We're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. God wants you to do something. And if you hadn't found out what he wants you to do, then you need to make up for lost time rather than check out early. Did you know a lot of people leave early? They do. A lot of people leave early. You know, Ecclesiastes and other scriptures say this. They say, why should you die not in your time? You see? The Lord told us he wants us, he, he, he will satisfy us with long life and show us his salvation. But see, the devil can rob you of that if you won't fight for it. If you're going to live long and overcome trials and tests and attacks, you've got to be a fighter. Amen. I could name you person after person, minister after minister, that wouldn't be here today if they weren't a fighter. Of course, you know, we give the glory to God, and the it's by God's grace that we make it through. But on the other hand, we have a part to play in it too. And so you've got to get this in your heart. I want to live. You've got to have a reason and a purpose to live. Something that motivates you. Because you, oftentimes in severe attacks, you've got to, you've got to uh, withstand severe things. You can get tired of hurting. You can get tired of going to the doctor and getting treatments or going through this therapy or that therapy. You can get tired of this. You can get tired of the feelings. You can get tired of having to struggle. But friend, you've got to be a fighter. Amen. And remember, no, no matter how dark the clouds are, no matter how terrible the storm is, storms don't last forever. Is that right? It will quit lightning. It will quit thundering. The rain will stop and the sun will shine and the birds will sing again. But you've got to last until then. Is that right? Oh, friends, I hope you're listening. I, I believe in God to communicate this to your heart because I've been doing this for years. And I'm telling you, everyone, I was thinking about this over the weekend, every, every person that I could stand up here and tell you uh, that has a great testimony, somebody that sat maybe where you're sitting right now that was given a few days to live, a few weeks to live, a few months to live, and then now years have passed and they're healthy. Again and again, not one of those people that have been alive for years, not, not one of those people uh, are people who gave up and quit. They're people who are fighters. I said they're fighters. They're fighters. People that sometimes that were so weak they could hardly talk. But when you did lean your ear down there to hear what they were saying, they're saying, I'm not going to die. <laughs> Glory! And they didn't. They're alive. Now listen to me on this. Don't ever look at somebody that gave up and quit and died and judge them. Because if you hadn't been there, you don't know. Because it can get old. You can get tired. And if you're not feeding yourself uh, on the word right, and if you're not keeping your mind on the right things, you can get discouraged. You can get depressed, and it just gets easier to die. Do you understand? It's easy to die. Yeah. All you got to do is quit. Right. Just give up and quit, and you'll die. But you got to fight if you want to live. Yeah. I said you got to fight if you want to live. I've worked with people right and left. And I tell you, when somebody, when you can tell when somebody just lies in the bed and, and when they've quit you. you got to do something or you're going to lose them. See, so many times we put all the emphasis on the organic problem. We put all the emphasis on the details of what's physically happening. The advancement of the disease, the progression of this problem. But I'm telling you, there are forces greater than these natural things. And those of us who are born again, we've got the greater one inside of us. To give life to our spirit, to give life to our body. And if we'll believe God and fight this thing and resist this thing, God will kick in any help that we need. And greater is he that's in us than he that's against us, he that's in the world. James Ford also said, resist the devil. Resist. Resist him steadfast in the faith, Peter said. Resist, resist, fight, resist. Can you hear it? 
But now see, here, here, here's why it's such, a, such an issue that we've got to teach people that it's not God's will for them to be sick. Because if you believe that being sick is of God, you're not going to fight it. If you think that it's God's will, you're not going to resist it. You're not going to resist God. Can you see why the enemy works so hard in these areas? Because if he can keep you believing that you being poor, you being sick, you dying prematurely, etc., etc., is somehow or another the mysterious will of God, he can keep you from fighting him. But friend, I want you to know, sickness and disease is not God's will for you. Dying early is not God's will for you. Poverty is not God's will for you. Mental oppression and depression and anxiety is not God's will. Fight it. Resist it. Stand against it. How long? Till it's gone. As long as it takes. You may get tired. You may feel like quitting, but don't quit. Stay on it and you'll win. You can live. Be a testimony instead of a casualty. Amen? Now listen to what some of these professionals said. Uh, I won't read all of it to you, but uh, they're talking about uh, how the past 20 years, uh, the last, a lot of this research has gained momentum. And they said that this research taken together presents a persuasive argument for the curative powers of the fighting spirit. Let me just read to you now. Said so this one doctor, very, now, now most of these people they mention here are very renowned people in their fields. Said he describes the case of a 75-year-old man who had acute pancreatitis. The man was gravely ill, had to be fed intravenously for eight months. He had undergone two massive operations and was extremely thin. From severe weight loss, he was in pain. How many know that could get old? just living off IVs for eight months. Tremendous operations. Skin and bones. This doctor said, he said, that man could easily have surrendered. He could have said, at my age, I can't face the pain. I can't face the surgery. I've had enough of this awful feeding through my veins. Just let me die. He said, but instead, he put up a terrific fight for his life. He said, now he's in his own home, doing fine. Man got well and went home. Glory. And this doctor went on. He said, a patient with a fighting spirit has a much greater chance of recovering from cancer and other life-threatening diseases than people who just capitulate or the people who just surrender and give up to their illness. He said, it can be the difference between life and death. This is a doctor talking. Not quoting verses. Talking about his research. Another doctor said this, he said, now, he said, this is especially important for people who are over 50 and as they're growing older. You know, I, I can see this also, of course, I'm, I'm not that old, but I can see from people that we've dealt with a lot that are older, uh, it's, it's easier to get tired, looks like, from fighting. You think, well, I'm older anyway, maybe it's just time for me to go. But you don't have to go that way. I said, you don't have to go that way. And so many times people just give up too easily and too quickly. They don't, they don't even resist it decently. They just say, well, you know, I've lived a pretty full life. and I've done. But you know, a lot of times that's just selfish thinking. What about other people? I said, what about other people? How many remember what Paul said over in Philippians? He said, to depart in Christ is far better. But he said, but you know, to stay here with you is needful. And so he said, having this confidence, I know I shall abide. I'm going to stay. I'm going to hang around a while. Why? Because you need me. You know, we ought to live the Christ-like life. Not just thinking about us, but, you know, do my kids need me? Do my friends need me? Does my church need me? Does my company need me? It's where I work. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, just personally, it'd be great to just leave and go be with the Lord. Forget this place. Y'all deal with it. I'm going. <laughs> but that's, you know, how many understand it's going to be a long time and a lot of time to enjoy heaven? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. This life is very short. Don't be in a hurry to, to leave. 
if you lived here 200 years. That's nothing. It'll pass and it'll be gone. I've talked to people, you know, that are in their late 90s, over 100. And, and they'll say, you know, it seems like just a few days ago I was a teenager, a little boy, a little girl. A hundred years is nothing. Do you understand that? Now, to us, it's a lot, but from God's perspective, it's nothing. Life is like a vapor. appears for a little while, vanishes away. But, you know, let's utilize this life. Why are we here? Let's find out. Let's utilize it. This other doctor went on to say, he said, I can say from my own experience that older cancer patients who have quit, who have come to me feeling defeated, feeling that nothing can possibly help them, have very often made their own predictions come true. Did you hear that? He said people that, that have come and just they've, they've already given up, they don't believe anything's going to help them. He said they often make their own predictions come true. Well, I'm not going to make it. Nothing will help me. Well, so you're prophesying. Went on to say, he said, the patients who have faith in their survival always make out better. See, these are people talking purely from a natural standpoint. This other doctor says this, uh, recalls a case of a woman who had a devastating case of lung cancer. One of the woman's lungs had been removed by surgery. And then cancer showed up in the other lung, and it was full of tumors. Now, see, you could, you could pretty well say, well, that's it, you know. The cancer blocked her windpipe. She could barely talk. Any reasonable prognosis would have given her only a few weeks to live, and she knew it. But she said, this doctor said she told him, she whispered to him, could, could barely talk, you know. Whispered to him and said, I absolutely refuse to die. She said, I've got too much to do. The woman had a cause. She said, I ain't got time to die. I got something to do. Somebody was telling me a while back about a relative of theirs. I mean, I forget how long ago. This was years and years ago. They went in for a checkup. It was a man. They gave him a, a thorough checkup and, and came back and they were alarmed. And, and they said, you know, you have extensive, extensive cancer. You know, and they only gave him a few uh, months' uh, prognosis. And, 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 and that, well, we could do this and we could do that. And, and, and he, they said he told him while he's buttoning his shirt, I hadn't got time to fool with this. And left. Never went back. That was years ago. <laughs> well, no, I don't just recommend you do just exactly that. But can you see what kind of spirit he had? He didn't just say, oh, God, this is it. I guess my number's up. No. 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 Well, see, something had to be happening in his body for him to still be going strong after years now. Or else it would have killed him. And this doctor told this woman, he said, if you're willing to fight, I am too. You know, one, one, one section in this, and you know, we're talking about doctors and medicine here, so it wouldn't hurt to mention this. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't believe in doctors. Well, what about y'all? Y'all preach divine healing. Y'all don't believe in doctors, do you? Yes, we thank God for doctors. And we do not believe that it is an either or proposition. That you either trust God or you go to the doctor. What do you believe? We believe something that puts a little responsibility on you. We believe you should be led. And so people don't like that answer. They want you to tell them just, you know, black and white, cut and dry, do or don't. But like most things in life, it's not just that uh, cut and dry. You need to be led. What's right for you might not be right for somebody else. See, God knows where you're at. He knows where your heart's at, where your life's at, where your faith's at. He knows where something natural can help you or not. And so you just need to be led. But concerning working with doctors, these doctors, one of them said, he said, I tell you this, he said, the person who has what they call a fighting spirit, he said, a doctor will work with them more. They'll put more of their self into their case. They'll come by at odd hours and check on them. They'll try harder. He, he's talking about several of his companions that, you know, that this, this one case, let me see if I can find it here and just read it to you, was a... Uh, 
was a helpless case. But the, this, this uh, rare, you know, surgery that they wanted to try. I mean, here, here it is. Let me just read it to you. He said, motivation is so important. Uh, he said, th this individual said, doctors will go the extra mile for a patient who's a fighter. They'll operate when the odds against success are overwhelming. They'll come in the hospital at 2 a.m. to see how the patient's getting along. Well, I mean, that'd help you right there, wouldn't it? If you can get some faith in your doctors, that's going to help you. Is that right? If, if whether they would usually look at a case and say, well, there's no hope. But they look at your face and, and they see a twinkle in your eye. And they think, well. You know, I know a, a, a case I could tell you about. I'm familiar with it personally. I talked to the surgeons in this situation and I know this woman personally. A few years ago, uh, she had a terrible attack. And uh, they rushed her to the hospital. They opened her up and uh, just didn't even try to do anything for her. Cancer was so uh, spread throughout her body. I talked to the surgeon later. This is after the woman has been healed and doing fine. I talked to him, and, he, and he, he's a believer. And he said, you know, he said, I never saw such a terrible case in all my life. He said, when we opened her up, he said, there was nothing that would even hold a suture. I mean, it was just, uh, just a mass of destroyed flesh. He said, he said, I didn't expect her to wake up. And the woman, they said while she was under the, the anesthetic, I guess you call it, while she was under, she'd speak in tongues. She'd sing in the spirit. Not only did she wake up, she got out of the bed. Eventually went home. Went back on the job. The woman's still going. Do you understand? Just amazed him. Just, just utterly amazed. I mean, this this fellow talked to me, and I could tell by his words. He he said he said it's just amazing. He said he said that that because uh, he'd believed in divine healing before that, but he said that to me, just uh, he said I, I I that's more real to me now than it's ever been. He said because I know what that woman's insides was like when we when we operated on her, and, and you can see her now. I mean, at that particular time, she was shouting in a meeting. She run, jump, dance, and shout. You know. Working a full-time job, as far as I know. She was at that time. Glory to God. See, a lot of people would have just died. Just given up and died. And if you're saved, you go to be with the Lord. And that's great. But what about being robbed of the rest of this life? And the fruit and the impact and effect you're supposed to have on other people's lives. Anybody can die. People do it every day. Is that right? It's easy to die. Just quit. Just give up. And quit and you'll die. Did you know that there are documented, actually documented cases of people who were in perfect health who just sit down and quit and died? Absolutely. People who were sound in body, in good health, but they got depressed over something. They, they lost their vision and confidence over something and just laid down in the bed and within a few days got something and died. Just quit. Given up. See, a person without hope and a person without faith, their days are numbered. Let me read this other uh, case to you here. Is this all right with you today? Yes. This is a little differently, but, I, you know, sometimes we need something a little different. Uh, this, one, this one lady, I didn't finish telling you about her. This one lady that told this doctor, you know, I mean, she's got one lung removed, uh, other one's full of cancer and tumors, and... Uh, uh, you know, can't talk, her throat's constricted. And she said, I refuse to die. And the doctor told her, well, if you're willing to fight, I am too. And I mean, he did a lot of things. He said, uh, uh, he said he gave her drugs that would make her miserably ill. He did a lot, everything he needed to do in the natural, you see. And she, he said she never whimpered. He said she just told me, do anything you want to do that'll help me. She said, I can take it. Several nights, she was at the point of death. He said each time, she had fight her way back to life. Did you hear that? Night after night, she's at the point of death. But she would fight her way. Fight her way back to life. He said that was 16 years ago. The woman's alive and well today. He said also... All her long white hair fell out because of the chemotherapy, but it grew back black. 
you know, I'm just curious about this woman, you know, it, uh, you know, sounds like she knew the Lord. It sounds like she had some faith here. Of course, they wouldn't have gotten into that aspect. But I mean, this sounds like, I mean, this sounds like supernatural fighting, doesn't it? I mean, you know, most people would have given up on something like this. Praise God. But she had a fighting spirit. She wouldn't quit fighting. Uh, this other doctor said he, he had one of his patients, was a man in his 50s. He said his heart stopped probably 15 times. That's a lot. A lot of people's hearts stop once and that's it. You bury them. Is that right? 15 times. This was after he had had an operation. He said, but he never gave up. He said he would tell me, Doc, I'm not dead yet. He said he also developed this terrible infection that was, that was in and of itself fatal. He said he had to undergo terrible operations and things. He said this guy grinned at him and said, don't worry, Doc, I'll make it. And he did. He said he gets a Christmas card from him every year. <laughs> oh, praise God. You know, they did, uh, th at this particular place in uh, London... They did a survey and studied, uh, I guess, some nearly 60 cases of women who had cancer and very serious cases. And they said that they studied the ones who what they had uh, called, uh, what they called had the fighting spirit. And they said that this is just natural statistics that seven out of the ten who had what they called a fighting spirit were still alive at the end of the decade. But on the other hand, four out of five who felt hopeless were dead. And 24 that, you know, they just, they weren't fighters. They just, not one way or the other, all of them were dead too. But a lot of the fighters were still alive. Does it make any difference? Whether you just give up and lay down, quit, or whether you fight. Makes all the difference. All the difference. All the difference. All the difference. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but I won't get into all the details on this. But I, I, I want you to be stirred in your heart. I was thinking about uh, Sister Jerry Horton. When I was thinking about some of these, I don't know if some of you know her, some of you don't. I forget how many decades ago she was diagnosed with terminal melanoma cancer throughout her body. Doctors gave her no hope, no hope. And Doc said when, they, when they were, the doctors were telling him, well, she probably won't make it through the day. And the relatives are in the hall crying. That, she, that he would bend down to her and she would tell him in, in his ear, I'm not going to die. Glory to God. She came out. She pulled out. But you know, just because she pulled out of that, that wasn't the end of it. You know, uh, through, the, through those 40 years, she's been attacked dozens of times. A growth would appear. A lump would appear. This or that. And the doctors would say, it's back, it's back. You know, this will be it. And she'd say, no, uh-uh. No, I'm going to live. And so she just keeps living. Decade after decade. You know, the doctors, uh, amazing thing on this too, they, they had to do such extensive surgery that most of her reproductive uh, female organs were removed and what have you. And they told her, well, you, you don't even have enough of a womb to, to carry a child. But after that, a son was born to her. <laughs> who's pastoring a church in Alabama right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How many believe all things are possible to him that believes? You believe that? Not all things are possible to those that give up and quit. But all things are possible to those that believe. Thank God. I said thank God. For people that will have enough fight in them to realize that this sickness and this death is not of God. It's from the enemy. It's not designed to bless me and help me. It's designed to destroy me. And you fight it. You treat it like you would a snake in your house. How many, if you found a poisonous viper in your house, are you going to make him best? Huh? Are you going to say, here, Snakey, Snakey, this is your spot. You can sleep in the bed with me. Well, you know, God might have sent that snake there for some purpose. 
God's ways are mysterious. You wouldn't even pray about it. I said you wouldn't even pray about it. You'd grab a stick or most people would call somebody else. I'd get a stick, but a lot of people would, a lot of ladies would scream. A lot of guys would scream. But, but I grew up in snake country, so I know what to do with them. But uh, you wouldn't just let that thing stay in there, would you? You wouldn't say, well, it might be God's will for this thing. No, 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 no. You need to feel just as strongly about sickness attacking your body, about some kind of disease or problem trying to take your life. I don't care how hopeless it might seem in the natural. Did you see these cases, many of them? I mean, they were hopeless from the natural. Hopeless. But they're alive. They're alive. Alive and strong. Oh, I could tell you case after case after case after case after case of people that have sat in here. I've seen people come in here. And later on, find out all the details. At the time, I didn't know it. But later on, find out all the details about it. I mean, they were just about that far from the grave. I mean, just struggling for each breath. The doctors told them you could die getting out of your bed to go to the car. But they kind of had the mentality of those lepers that sat at the gate there in that story. Why sit here and die? (laughs) Somebody said, well, what what if you die? Well, at least die fighting. Some of you didn't get that. Don't be a wimp. Is that right? Don't just lay down and die and roll over and say, Okay, Mr. Devil, you win. You can cut my life short. Okay. But what if you really fight the good fight of faith? What's going to happen? You're not going to die. You'll live. Because he will always, always cause you to triumph. Friend, I, I trust. I, I hope you can come back tomorrow. I hope you can stay with us throughout the week because unless the Lord gives me further direction on talk about this throughout the week, I've just kind of introduced this to you today. I want to tell you why, what exactly the fight is, what exactly the fight's against. I want to tell you how to fight. Amen. Amen. Some of you may know some about it, but we can always learn more, can't we? Amen. How to do it. How to do it. A lot of people don't, don't defeat the enemy because they're fighting the wrong way. Too much in their own strength. They don't know how to do it. But I'm telling you, if you learn how to do it, uh, you know, you, you get stirred up about it. And you'll get enthused and you'll get inspired. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says once you get some experience, some victories, that experience will give you hope. That's right. That expectancy. Yeah. After you get a few victories under your belt, and then it may hit you broadside with something else, you say, that's all right, that's all right. I've been here before. I've been here before. I know what to do with this. And Mr. Dover, you picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong one, buddy, because somebody else might lay down and die with this, but not me. Not me. Because, see, I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Do you know what more than a conqueror is? You, you win and then something else. Is that right? You, you win and you go on beyond winning. You know, Brother Hagin, concerning his disease and problem, is more than a conqueror. You think maybe the devil every once in a while might think that he wished he hadn't attacked Brother Hagin with that? <laughs> that he'd have picked somebody else that would have just died with it? And that would have been the end of it? Not only did Brother Hagin believe God and get healed himself, but he's preached and taught and put it in books and on tapes and told everybody that had listened around the world that the devil is not big enough. Couldn't do it. That's more than a conqueror. Not only defeat him, but make him eat it every other day. Rub it in his nose. And say, see, defeat. This is what you live in. You are the eternally defeated one under my feet. Amen. So you picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong one when you attack me. Because you're not going to quit. You're a fighter. What that text say? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Can you see this this, uh, action of heart? 
You're not just laying down. You're not just waiting to see what might happen, if anything will happen. And do you understand that other people can help you, but they can't do all your fighting for you. I've seen people, bless their hearts, they wanted me to fight for them. They wanted their pastor to fight for them. They wanted their husband. Well, you do it. And they're just going to kind of lay on the side and hope that we're successful. That's not how it works. We can help you. We can join our faith with yours, but you've got to have something to join yours to. I can't just fight for you. I can fight with you for you, but I can't just do all your fighting for you. That's a usual thing. Sometimes people don't like to hear that. And I remember I was dealing with one fellow one time. Bless his heart, just a baby Christian. And, uh, oh, he was in terrible shape. He, you know, man, from the natural, looked like he wouldn't make it very long. I began to try to tell him some of these things. You know, well, we got, we got to resist this. This is not God's will. Let's fight it. He looked at me. He started crying. He said, do you mean I got to do something? I said, well, yeah, you do. I said, it's not something hard. It's not like you've got to run some marathon race physically. I mean, it's not something that you can't do. But you do have to have the right heart and mind. You do have to make yourself speak right about it and believe and expect right. You can't just give up and quit. He said, well, that's why I came here. I want y'all to do it. I want you to do it. I said, we'll help you. He said, I don't want to do anything. Just cry. (laughs) I said, you got to. You got to or die. You know, there's no need in us, uh, you know, playing with these things. Let's talk about what the reality is. I'm not afraid to die. You shouldn't be afraid to die. But I'm not ready to die right now. I'm not through with what God gave me to do. Are you? I said, well, I'm not sure. Well, what have you done? What have you done already, you see? A lot of folk are late getting started. A lot of folk hadn't even found, they hadn't found out yet what they need to do. They got time, they got to make up for some things. So you shouldn't be thinking about leaving. Somebody said, well, it's too late for me. It's amazing how much can happen in a short amount of time. Look at how much happened in three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. Just a few years. You just stay in here just a few years and doing some things. Could, could, no telling how many lives it could touch. And I don't mean you necessarily speaking to large crowds. You could just touch one life that could touch another life that could touch several lives that could touch a multitude. You you don't know. You know, somebody led these men and women uh, of God to the Lord that are touching the masses today. Is that right? And a lot of them are people you never heard of, never will hear of on this side. You have an important purpose. I said you have an important purpose. The devil will lie to you. He'll say, oh, there's no reason for you to... In fact, your husband or wife would be better off if you just go on. Your parents, your family, because really you're just a burden. Really you're just, you know, you're not really doing anything. You're not really helping them. You know, they'd really be blessed more if you'd just go on and leave. Did the Lord tell you that? Come on, guys, I want... did the Lord tell you that? If you're wondering about it, he didn't. The devil will tell you that. I said the devil will tell you that. Life is short. No need to be in a rush. We're all going to, you know, if the Lord doesn't tarry his, if he tarries his coming longer, I'm trying to say, we're all going to die. But let it be after you've lived a full life, accomplished all that God has for you to accomplish, been fruitful. Amen. There's a lot to be done. People need you. Your church needs you. Somebody says, well, I don't have a church. Well, that's the first place to start. Get you one. Amen. Amen. Get busy. Get busy. People need you. God needs. God doesn't just need people behind pulpits. He needs people everywhere. People in the grocery stores and service stations. He needs lawyers and doctors. He needs accountants. He needs everybody. People on the assembly line. Factories. He needs people everywhere. People like you. The devil would like to kill you and prevent you from ever touching those people's lives. I said something that the Lord, uh, I said something here a few days ago that the Lord spoke to my heart, just stood out to me. I don't think I'll forget it. And that is, he said to me, not just concerning me, but concerning anybody. He said, there are people you can touch and reach that nobody's reaching. 
Do you know that's true about you? There's people, you, I'm not talking about somebody, you, people you can touch and reach. I don't mean you have to preach them a sermon. You can love on them. You can help them. You can bless them. You, you can touch their life in a positive way. People you can touch and reach, Brother Hagin will never touch. You understand? Your pastor won't see and touch. I won't touch. You understand? People you. And you may think, well, you know, why would the devil go into trouble to kill me? Well, he may know things you don't know. And it's easier to crush an acorn than it is an oak tree. Quicker he can snuff it out than the less is affected. Well, we're just getting started here. I can tell some of you are not quite, you know, you're not quite decided whether it's worth fighting that much over or not. But fight enough to come back tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Make it through the night. No need to die in the day. Come back tomorrow. You can die anytime. You can die when you can't do anything else. I say, well, you're mighty flippant about death. I'm not scared of it. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't be. Amen. What is death? You leave your body. You go to be with Jesus. Are you concerned about it? I'm not. But we're not ready to go. You're not ready to go. No, 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 no. Not finished yet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.